Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Well, hello again. I'm so glad to be with you as always with my cup of coffee. You have something to drink as you watch or listen to this podcast. I want to start by thanking my sponsor. Uh, it's a really interesting jewelry company. Not really. It's a mission. You know, most of us have a business for return on investment. Tina Jacobson has a business as a mission. Now, I am wearing some lovely, just really simple jewelry. This is another example of some of the beautiful gems that she has, and it's called Gems of Jaipur. I didn't know about this until I met Tina, but Jaipur, India is where 90% of the gems around the world are actually cut. It's where the crown jewels were cut, Jaipur. So, Tina was a businesswoman. She visited India on a business trip, and it changed her life. She now has completely changed her direction, which we're going to talk about today. Aren't we all changing our direction these days? A little bit anyway. She was just so taken by the need in India that 100%, I want you to know this, 100% of the jewelry that you buy goes to feeding lepers in one of the colonies there in India. She's giving you, my listeners, a 25% discount on already discounted beautiful gems. Here's what you just need to do. If you will go to, to get a 25% discount, www.gemsofjapur.net forward slash discount forward slash Valerie. It's on the screen. And then what you want to do is put my name, Valerie, in the discount code box at checkout. 25% off of this lovely jewelry. So thank you, Gems of Jaipur. Today I have with me back a guest that I had three years ago. David Cottrell is retired, but let me tell you a little bit about his fabulous background. He was the CEO of Cornerstone Leadership. He has written over 30 books himself. He's one of the largest publishers of professional development, life-changing books. David, now in his retirement, has just written this book, a little tiny pocket book called Quit Drifting, Lift the Fog, and Get Lucky. Not only has he written this, but here's what you need to know. He also has, for you, a workbook. You can get it from David, and it'll be on the screen now and a little bit later, where you can go through the book with a workbook, with a group, or maybe even by yourself. So welcome, David, back. Thank you, Valerie. Good morning. <laughs> it's so good to be with you Uh over the past three years, since it's been that long since we've been together, my gosh, a lot has changed, hasn't it? Uh, but one thing that hasn't changed is the influence that you're having on people all around you. And um, I'm just so grateful that you've had me back, that you have me back on, and that we can share our stories together one more time. 
Thank you. Well, of course I'm going to have you back on because you just keep doing wonderful things, which is a message, isn't it, David, in retirement? Why would anyone stop just because they leave a job here? What do you want to say about that? Well, I, I, I'm sort of offended that you're calling me retired because that's really not what I am, but I hear what you're saying. I do what I want to do most of the time, but what I want to do is to continue to help other people. And the way that I'm doing that now is through the written word and through doing uh, some of the same events that I've done, you know, previously in, in um, you know, throughout my career, but um, I don't. I don't really think I will ever retire, but I will play a lot of golf. I will tell you that. You actually wrote a book about golf, didn't you? I did. I wrote a, my first book actually was about golf and leadership. Uh, what happened on that, Valerie, I don't know if you remember uh, back then. Our relationship goes back a long way. But in 1996, I believe it was, uh, I was trying to figure out, you know, what my niche was going to be in the consulting arena. And um, a guy told me, he says, you got to have a book, you know, if you're going to do anything like that. And I thought, gosh, I don't have a book. I don't know anything about writing. And so I said, what are you doing? What what book did you have? And he told me that he had a book about um, a safari adventure and, and problem solving and the things that they did on that adventure. And I thought, man, I, I you know, I really don't have a safari adventure. But then later on that evening, I, I began thinking, what do I have? You know, what is it that's uniquely mine? And one thing that I knew a lot about was leadership, which is what I had been studying, you know, for the past several years. And I knew a lot about golf, which was one of my passions at the time. And so I combined the two for this little book called Birdies, Pars, and Bogeys, Leadership Lessons from the Links. And that was my first book to lead me into into my career that, you know, that's lasted over 35 years uh, with my own company. You know, you came from such a, a wonderfully successful sales background with FedEx and um, who else were you with? Xerox. Xerox. Xerox is where I started. Yeah. Xerox first. Uh huh. So with all that background in sales, you met a lot of people. And in sales, sometimes we know that it's hard to get those, ah, uh, meet the quota, meet the quota, meet the quota. All of that experience, how did it help you when you started Cornerstone Leadership? Well, I was very fortunate, uh, Valerie, in that I had wonderful training, uh, both at Xerox and at FedEx. And at FedEx, you know, I learned a lot because we started up a new division when I was there. So learning sales and learning relationships and the power of relationships and the power of communication and the power of becoming the person that you want to be and, and delivering the results that, that are required from somebody else and, and not even your requirement, uh, all of that contributes to uh, to you becoming the person that you really want to be. Uh, in fact, this new book that I have, The Quit Drifting, Lift the Fog, and, and Get Lucky, the, the subtitle of that is How to Become the Person You Want to Be. And that's what I'm that's the message that I'm trying to get to everybody is not how to become the best salesperson or the best uh, of anything. It's how to become the very best you. Uh, and what can you do to become that person? What can you do to develop yourself 
so that uh, you can make the next step, next, next level into whatever field it is that you choose. You know, it's interesting that you hit on that very one thing because I actually had the book open and I was going to ask you, I've highlighted it. That's exactly what you said. Who do I want to become? Ask yourself, am I doing the right things to develop into that person? David, I want to get pretty serious here about this pandemic and all that we're going through. This is a time when leaders need as much support, as much mentoring, as much learning constantly, as much flexibility. So in terms of becoming the person you want to be, we all know that there's been a lot of reflection time. People, as we've worked from home, have had the time to mm -hmm. kind of think about who I am. What advice would you give to, let's say, emerging leaders, people that are striving to have the success that you've had? Well, I tell you, this has been a, a extremely difficult period of time, as we all know. Uh, we've been thrown into a uh, an arena that we nobody asked for, nobody likes. Uh, everybody wishes that it did not happen, and everybody wishes that we were already beyond it. Those are not the facts, though. The facts are we're in it, and we have to work our way through it. As leaders, what we have to do is to make sure that we're providing uh, the the encouragement to help people through it. One of the basic um, ba basic things that that I believe that that is um, that applies here as where as as where as everywhere else, and that is that nothing is is permanent. Nothing's permanent. Um, there's always a going to be an end and a different direction to take somewhere along the way. So uh, just understanding that, that the situation that we're in is a temporary thing, that this too will pass, as my mom used to say all the time, sure enough, it will pass and we will move forward and we will do things differently. But the positive part is that it has given us that reflection time that you're talking about, uh, where we can all look at ourselves and say, what can I do differently? What are my priorities? Who is the person that I want to become? What can I do to take the information and the situation as it is now and sort of lift the fog? Because this is a foggy time that we're in. Uh, in the book, one of the uh, examples that I get on lifting the fog is you go across a, a lake uh, and you go across a bridge. Sometimes you can't even see in front of you. You can't see the car in front of you. You can't see beyond your own windshield. And then suddenly the fog will lift and all of a sudden you're able to go forward. Well, in between those two times, the fog lifting and the, and the time that you're in the fog, in between those two times, it is a very confusing and scary time uh, because you don't know where you're headed. You don't know uh, all the things that might be in front of you, but you have to keep moving. Uh, you, you have to keep at least keeping your eyes open to know when that fog lifts so that you can move forward. And that's sort of where we are now. I mean, we're in the fog. Uh, we're, we're drifting a little bit as well. Uh, we want to get lucky. And so that's sort of where this whole book, uh, you know, came from is, is what do we do during this point of time to where we do have that reflection time, but yet we still have to keep moving. 
and we still had to become better at the things that we do. So it's, you know, the chapter, the last chapter is yet to be written. And uh, the people that get to write it are the ones listening and watching this telecast. And they'll be the ones to make them the person that they want to be. And that's, that's all I'm trying to do is to help them understand what they can do to be, become the person they want to be. And, you know, David, thank you. That's, that's very good advice. Uh, I want to encourage people to go back and listen to episode 19, believe it or not, because you and I talked a lot about your background and how you did all of that. I'd like to ask you one more thing. Now, again, we're having situations where people are choosing, well, if I can't work from home, if I can't do it my way, if you won't please me, I just will quit. Talk to us about maybe that mentality well, or decision. What would you say if you were mentoring someone that said that? Well, uh, first I would say that's, that's an option. Uh, you know, you have the ability to quit if that's what you want to do. The problem with that is there's consequences associated with it. In some cases, quitting is a good thing. Uh, letting go is a good thing. If you're, if you're going down a path that is not going to be healthy for you, uh, either physically, mentally, emotionally, or whatever, then that might be something that you might want to consider doing. However, before you jump to that, uh, you need to understand all of the ramifications that that might have. And that that's the area that I think a lot of people, um, you know, are hesitant to really put their evaluation into. Every job is not the perfect job for every person. We all know that. But most of the time, the problems within an organization or within a job are the same issues that you're going to have in another organization or another job. So start looking at yourself first. You know, are your expectations appropriate? Are they something that you really have control over? Is there something that you can do differently in the position that you're in versus the position that you might be looking for? You know, I, I can look back at my career, Valerie, as I'm sure most people can. And I, I remember uh, one time interviewing for a job with Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is a fine company, a wonderful company. Uh, and I'd worked for several great companies. But I would have to move to Atlanta. I wanted that job uh, desperately because I wanted the ego part that goes with it, probably. But that job wasn't right for me. It wasn't something that would lead me to becoming the person that I wanted to be. It wasn't something that would lead me to going in the direction that I ultimately uh, was led to go. And that job was not open to me. I did not get offered that job. And one of the greatest things that ever happened to me was not moving, not getting that job, not jumping out, even though I didn't have that option, uh, but not going somewhere that really wasn't fit just because I was trying to leave somewhere. I don't think that we need to be leaving jobs. I think we need to be moving to new jobs if that's what we choose to do. Uh, you, you move toward opportunities. You don't leave the current, uh, the current thing that you have before you have that new opportunity to move to. And it might be the right thing for you, 
Uh, but in most cases, I think if we really evaluate ourselves, we need to be a little bit more patient with ourselves, be more patient with the people that we um, we report to and, and that we deal with, and then let's see how it flows out. Um, but I think that if you want to become the person you want to be, it could be one of your goals to do something different. Uh, but just make sure that you understand all the ramifications before you try to do that. Again, good wisdom. I have to tell the audience that the two books right here that I have authored out of the eight are published by this guest, David Cottrell at Cornerstone Leadership, and they're on Amazon too. I often forget to mention my own books, David. I get so <laughs> in tune to the guests, so I do want to mention them on Amazon. And as I was writing Monday Morning Leadership for Women, which you actually gave me the title, you said, you know, I wrote Monday Morning Leadership, why don't you write one for women? Well, leadership is leadership, however, it is a little different for women, and we know that. In doing so, I talked with a lot of women and do in my executive coaching business, David, who Talk to me about imposter syndrome, lack of self-confidence sometimes. And again, back to the pandemic. People are fearful, David. People are questioning, as we've just talked about. But some of that reflection is questioning our own self-worth. How can you advise raising the mojo again? Well, I think... Valerie, I think first that everybody has to deal with that, what you call imposter syndrome. Uh, I do. I'm sure that you do as well. In that, you know, we've, we're down a path that we've been and we might be looked at as being an expert in some uh, area, but we all sort of feel like, hey, we're just who we are and we just happen to get to where we are. So we all have sort of that lack of confidence in in ourselves. But if you look at the gifts that you've been given and you dwell on those gifts, I mean, there are certain things that you've been given, like those two books that you just mentioned, the Do It Right book, the Monday Morning Leadership for Women, those were gifts that you were given and you took and you provided additional information for other people and you became the expert because of that. Well, that's sort of the way that we all are, whether it's um, whether it's writing a book or whether it's um, being a, the, the very best at doing the small things, like I say um, in, in the Quit Drifting book. Um, but we all have to battle that to accept that we are who we are. We can be the very best of what we are. And we can lead others to help them become better, even though we have our own flaws. And if you if you uh, if you don't pay as much attention to the flaws and pay more attention to what you're uh, or who you're trying to help, then that helps us all get through this uh, this syndrome that you're talking about. But we all have it. Uh, I can certainly speak for myself, and I've got it as well. I'm so glad you said that. I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do too. I think that, David, that's the thing that people don't realize. I, I can't believe a couple of times in my career, I've actually had someone say to me, two different people, and it blew me away, oh, you don't need anything. You've got your act all together. What? No yeah. one. I have never met anyone, David, 
that's why I'm thankful that you said this. We all don't always have our act together. And here's the other thing I've found, is that we can have a success for a time of being, and then you know what? Life happens. And sometimes mm -hmm. we can get smashed. Maybe sometimes we need to get smashed mm -hmm. down if our ego gets a little too big. But life isn't always going to be, mm, and neither is it going to be, woo. <laughs> life yeah. is up and down. And those are the times that within us, if we know what our foundation is and who it comes from, we can hang on stronger because we know we'll get through it. Mm -hmm. I always look back sometimes. I, I don't ever stay there very long, but sometimes it's a good thing, David, I'd like your opinion on this, to look back and remember those times when it was smash, but we came up again. Mm -hmm. And so what would you say to someone who is, again, just kind of questioning what their new normal, new way is going to be. What would you tell them to do first as they are considering whether to stay, whether to go, whether to um, change careers, whatever? Mm -hmm. What would you say? Well, the first thing I would say is, uh, as I said before, you gotta evaluate yourself. You know, what? who is it that you wanna become? Is this leading you there? Or is it preventing you from getting there? What you said earlier about everyone facing obstacles, adversity along the way, everybody does. And when you're in an adversity, uh, you know, in a challenging situation, it's probably not the time to, to jump ship anyway. It's the time to recreate yourself and, and help yourself um, become better at, at what you want. But, you know, to, to me, Valerie, I mean, life is too too long not to become the very best version of yourself. I mean, uh, if it does require you going somewhere else, that's one thing. But most of the time, you can be the very best version of yourself right where you are. And one of the things that uh, is important for that happening is to surround yourself with people that can help lead you to that person and lift you up as opposed to put you down. One of the one of the issues that I have with today, just the the social media and the things that happen, we are so, so very critical. Every channel you turn to is critical. They're, they're not lifting people up, they're criticizing the other side. One side's criticizing the other, the other side's criticizing. Everybody is criticizing everything. And in the area that we've been in with this pandemic, it, nobody knew, nobody had all the answers. There were not answers when it began. There's still a lot of questions at the beginning and nobody is right on, on every side of this thing. So instead of understanding that there is another side, uh, I feel that most people have become very, very critical of everything that's happening, which means that you're critical of your fellow man. You're critical that someone is not making a decision that's in the right uh, spirit for uh, everyone. You're critical that there's a, a alternate 
objective that are that is being happened with every decision. I think that we need to be, quit being so critical of other people and critical of ourselves. We need to accept that other people, like we were talking earlier, are not perfect. They do make mistakes. Mistakes have been made. There's no question about that, but there's no reason to dwell on them. There's no reason to be critical about things that we don't know anything about yet. There's no reason to write down critical things on Facebook and other uh, mediums that that are not going to lift people up. Our job, in my opinion, is to help people through this situation. It's not to criticize anybody for us being in there. There is a time and a place for that, but it's not an ongoing criticism that I think that it seems to me like we've really gotten into a uh, into that fog again of of getting into the middle of this criticizing instead of looking at where we can go, what we can do right now, where we are. What do well you think said. about? And David, you know that criticism can spiral, can it? Once, at least I find. Once I see something that I, my eyes are beginning to be critical and I'm thinking about that isn't, that isn't right that that person and look at that. Once that happens, then I see more and I see more and I see more and pretty soon I'm critical and I'm not a critical person. I'm positive. And yet, to your point, I think the pandemic has, has done a number on us. Boy, we mm -hmm. got we gotta grab a hold of that and just stop it. The word that comes to my mind, David, is grace, is grace. Can't we have grace with one another? I just did a Fox uh, group of interviews recently, and they were pushing me to talk about things like, well, uh, why, why isn't it right to ask people if they've been vaccinated and what? And, you know, the broadcasters are all going to get some edgy stuff out there and I just kept going back to yes I answered the questions but I kept going back to the word grace if we don't have grace with one another we're going to lose our humanity the other thing I want to talk about for a moment is you mentioned it David and that is criticism if we find ourselves you said it earlier surround yourself with people who are mm -hmm. going to help you be the best that you can be I would recommend, including myself, to continually look at the people that we choose. And it's a choice, right, David? Mm -hmm. It's a choice on who we surround ourselves with on a regular basis. And I'm finding that some people during this pandemic have become so critical. I love them to death, but I don't want them to take me down and start me spiraling. And so I'm just backing off a little bit. You think that's okay? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, of course it is. Uh, it's good for your own sanity, if, if nothing else. Uh, I, and I do understand that a lot of people are in a, in a role that they play at work that maybe they can't choose everybody to be around. And that, that, that's a, really a fact. But what you can choose is how much time you devote to that. If you can find one or two positive people to be around more often than, than the others, then you need to make that choice. The problem is, as you know, is, is as you said, the spiral. You know, if you, if you begin uh, being in that negative arena, 
uh, it's going to continue to get more negative. It's not going to go away. It's going to get deeper. And then you get into a hole where you sort of wonder, how in the heck did I get here? And, and now how am I going to get out? Um, and I hope you come to that point to where you do question how you're going to get out. But it is a tough time for everyone. And we have to be respectful. You use the word grace, which is probably my favorite word. Um, as you know, my, my autobiography was grace upon grace. And that's, that's how I feel my life has been, is full of graces that have been provided to me. And I think it's up to us to provide those graces back to people, even when they feel differently than we do, even when they make a choice that we might not make. Uh, but you can't dwell on trying to please everyone. Just be, have your grace with those people and move forward with other people who might can lift the bar a little bit so that we can all move through this thing in a positive manner. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right, I'm going to ask you a trick question. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> Let's have some fun with this. There are so many movies out there and celebrities if you could play a role, a part, be a character in a movie, what character would you want to play? Oh, my goodness. Um, that one I've never been asked before, Valerie, and I really have to think for a second about that. The character that I would probably want to play, though, would be, you know, at the age and, and, and time that I'm in my life, I would probably want to uh, play one of the um, mentor cat characters, uh, a person that uh, helps someone who is struggling in their life and they come to him and, and I help them see the positive uh, way to navigate through the challenges that they're having. And, and I would sort of be the same character that I try to be in the books that I write. And that would be someone that, that might have a little gray hair, uh, might have more experiences than uh, some of the others, but provide them a little bit different direction that they could go just to help help provide them, um, you know, some kind of a positive way that they could uh, they they could take what they've got and make it a little bit better. Well, we need some movies like that. The blood <laughs> and guts is just driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> My husband likes the shoot 'em up kind of stuff and the CIA stuff, which that's kind of interesting. But <laughs> well, I sort of like that too. And, and if you look at, you know, everything available to you, you know, you, you do sort of have to go in that direction. You've got you've to gotta have murders. You've got to have all of this stuff that's happening. You already know the end on most of the murder things. You know who did it. It's the spouse all the time. But it is an interesting thing. It, it, and entertainment to me is just that. It's, it's entertainment. It's something to amuse me for a short period of time. But I don't, uh, I don't dwell too much on it. Right. You know, one of the other things, you mentioned golf, and that's kind of over here, something that's a passion that you enjoy. That's another yeah. thing that I think during the pandemic is so important, David, which is to take the time to do something other than just work that brings you fulfillment. For me, it's cooking. I literally, all this pandemic time, yes, gained a few weight, a few pounds, and my friends have because I cook for them. But I'll get up and I'll just go in the kitchen and make something or start something and take a break. And that brings me joy. You're, mm -hmm. You play golf. Uh, mm -hmm. My wonderful producer, Derek, started 
playing hockey again out of uh, years past when he did. Talk to us about the importance, again, self-care a little bit here, of finding something other than work, no matter how small. Yeah, you know, um, I love to work. Uh, I've always loved to work, but I, I love to escape work as well. And I think you become a better uh, employee, a better worker when you do, you know, escape to something that um, that you really enjoy doing. I, I really enjoy, like you said, golf, because I'm around friends, I'm around nature, uh, I have ups and downs, there's a lot of uh, bula bula that goes on within the group and all of that kind of stuff, so I love that. One of the things about this pandemic, though, with everybody sort of at home that uh, that is uh, worrisome to me anyway, is that is that you, you get into a very, very small can uh, and you're the only one in there. And sometimes uh, you need to be around people. I think everybody needs to touch somebody else. Uh, I don't mean a physical touch necessarily, but it could be a touch just by talking to someone. It could be a touch by being in a meeting. I think meetings are good. I don't think we need maybe as many as we had before all this started. But I think it's challenging for especially our young people who uh, don't have a lot of uh, mentors, a lot of career experiences to, to bank on, to sit at their home, to be at their home all the time, to be maybe with their husband and maybe our, our spouse and maybe with their children. Um, and it's a whole new arena, which is not all bad, but it is challenging that you um, you know, make your way through the uh, confines of that you've been sort of uh, delivered to at this point in time. So getting out, touching people, talking to people, smiling at people, uh, and understanding that life is about relationships. It's not just about your work and, and what you do, but you have to have the relationships at work as well so that you can... Um, you can just have greater life experiences. You know, there's nothing that you're going through that other people haven't been through. There's nothing that uh, you're going to be going through that somebody hasn't been going through. So the more that you can develop relationships with different spectrum of people uh, as far as ages and as far as their experiences, the better off you're going to be. And if you're at home in that small can, it's difficult uh, to to develop those relationships electronically. It's so interesting you mentioned that because Valerie's Voice, my monthly newsletter, just featured that very thing. The title is Rally Your Relationships. And I go. wrote it because I've always stayed in touch with people. It's just who I am. But mm -hmm. I took particular intention during the pandemic to get back in touch with people I hadn't spoken to for a long time. And because of that, this woman that I hadn't worked with for 15 years was reminded about me, I guess. And she knows I love to do leadership workshops and training programs and coaching. And she just landed a fabulous job with a leadership firm where she's the executive vice president of leadership development. And guess what she said? Timely that you emailed. 
because I just took this position and I think I'd like to talk to you about working and facilitating for this leadership firm. David, that would not have happened. So I wrote the newsletter. I would encourage you listeners to go to my website and get the copy of it and sign up for the newsletters. And it's ValerieAndCompany.com. And then uh, you'll see on the home page Valerie's voice. I think you'll enjoy reading it. And David, our relationship is another good example. We've known each other since you first hired me to be a writer for your fine cornerstone leadership. Grateful to say that I have had great success with these two books, and it's because of how you've marketed the books. You know, audience, most publishers don't market your books, unless you're a David Ludlam or someone like that. Is that his name, Ludlam? <laughs> I loved his books. I'm so sorry he died. But you know, unless you're a big name, they don't. And David, you did. And that's why I am the expert because of the books that I wrote and they were able to uh, showcase the work that I'd been doing for many years. I want to thank you for that personally, by the way. Well, thank you very much, Valerie. And and to tag on to a little bit about what you were saying is the relationship that we started, you know, 20 some odd years ago, who would have ever known where I was headed, where you were headed, how we were headed in those different di directions. But what we did know is even, you, you know, we had disagreements uh, as any publisher and author have, you know, we, uh, you know, there's an editing process that has to take place. And every person that writes a book thinks that everything that they wrote is critically important and it is to them but it's not to the audience necessarily so i'm sure we had rubs although i don't really remember any of those specifically but um the relationship that we began 20 some odd 30 years ago uh continues on today and and who would have ever thought who would have thought that we would be sitting here talking today about uh where we've been where we're going and how we're going to get there and all of the uh experiences that we've shared together and have, have had separately and, you know, just life going on. And it all, it, it's all about relationships. It's about having um, grace for other people, as you said, and having the ability to, um, to build each other up, continue to stay in contact, and you never know where it's going to lead, just as our situation has been. David, I'm so glad you came back. And I did. I picked up the phone. I hadn't talked with you for a while and said, how are you doing? And that's when you sent the book. And here you are. So audience, I really encourage you. It's a great, quick, easy read. And so many leadership lessons in here, life lessons, a lot of what David has talked about today. So I encourage you to get it. And I encourage you also to get a group together and, and really delve deeply into some of these principles with a workbook that goes with it. It's really easy. I liked going through with it that way too. So blessings to you, David. And who knows, another five years and you'll have another 10 books. <laughs> no, I, I sort of doubt that one, but maybe one or two. Who, who, who knows? But I'm so grateful that you've invited me back on. I'm, in, I'm grateful for uh, the relationship that we've had for all these years. I'm grateful for your success and uh, how well you're doing. Um, and I'm just so thankful that uh, 
you know, whenever and however we met back in the day, it happened and we pursued it. Thank you so much, Valerie. It's been a pleasure being with you. You're so welcome. All right. And so, audience, Come back next week because I always have wonderful lessons from authentic leaders like David Cottrell. Until next time, buy my books too on Amazon. <laughs> Bye for now. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.